ولقد كرمنا بني آدم وحملناهم في البر والبحر ورزقناهم ورزقناهم من الطيبات وفضلناهم على كثير ممن خلقنا تفضيلا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the second episode of this podcast series titled Becoming Bani Adam, Exploring 12 Shi'i Discussions on Human Ancestry. My name is Fatima Megji and I'll be introducing each podcast episode in this series, which is an audiobook of a paper that I wrote a few years ago. The audiobook will be narrated by Brother Justin Mishouf. The first episode was a brief introduction to the series and what we will be exploring, and if you didn't catch it, please go ahead and catch it soon. In today's episode, we will be getting right into starting the audiobook and beginning our journey by discussing approaches to science and religion, and more specifically for our purpose, approaches to science within the context of Quranic tafsir. The main question that we will try to address is that as science has progressed over time, has this changed our relationship with religion? Has this changed our relationship with Islam? Moreover, how have scholars dealt with new scientific ideas over time? With that, we'll now switch over to Brother Justin Mishouf as he begins to narrate the audiobook. Thank you for joining. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, in the name of God, the compassionate, the merciful. Preamble, science and the Quran, friend or foe. With the help of discoveries and evidence from the Hubble telescope in the 1990s, astronomers and astrophysicists were forced to acknowledge the existence of something that made up the bulk of the universe's mass and forms the scaffolding upon which galaxies are built. This substance was dubbed dark matter due to the fact that it is an invisible substance that cannot be seen directly. This mysterious substance, however, plays a crucial role in the universe and is described as the gravitational glue that holds the galaxies together. Over the past 30 years, astronomers and researchers have essentially hunted dark matter, and while recent discoveries have been made, little to nothing has been established. Humanity's exploration of the world has accelerated at unprecedented rates. Nevertheless, there seems to be no end to the mysteries of this world. Theories that try to explain what we observe around us are constantly made, debunked, revisited, and debunked again. Despite the abundance of findings, there are more questions than answers. These questions do not only pertain to empirical data and observations, but also to how to explain them. How was the world created and why? Observations and empirical evidence tell us much of how something occurs, but nothing of why. These existential questions are why religion will always have relevance. The struggle of religion in today's world is not in its relevance, but rather its ability to navigate empirical data among empiricists. The primary struggle is with interpreting textual sources that are purportedly divinely revealed. If a text has been revealed by the creator of the universe, then what logically follows is that it should contain explanations in line with empirical data, assuming that God does not want to lie. If these texts directly contradict something that has been proven empirically, then various theological issues arise. These contradictions often lead to two options for a religious devotee, or two, that they reject the infallible divine origins of their text and or religion. As such, it is unsurprising that belief in biblical literalism has declined and that fewer and fewer Americans believe in the Bible as the literal word of God. More than ever, people are leaving religion behind. In a Pew Research study conducted in 2015, almost half of those who left religion cited a lack of belief and reasons like science as to why they did. On the other hand, while the number of Christians in America continues to rapidly decline, the number of Muslims has remained steady due to a growing number of conversions. And so it seems that Muslims have not reached this crisis of faith. 
even in the reasons cited by ex-Muslims, science did not play a significant role enough to be mentioned in the study as a reason. This could be because there do not seem to be extreme cases of the text directly contradicting empirical evidence, which we will soon explore. The struggle between Muslims and science seems to be less urgent as the Quran is usually vague, speaking often in poetic examples and parables. This is aided in preserving the Quran's integrity as we will explore later. Moreover, symbolic understanding of the Quran are often encouraged and inevitable since the Quran speaks figuratively in parables, identifies them as parables, and encourages human beings to reflect on them in a symbolic manner. In fact, figurative or symbolic understandings of the Quran have played a major role in its exegesis in the traditions. There are several verses of the Quran that have already been understood symbolically by many commentators of the Quran, i.e. God's hands or God sitting on the throne, due to their philosophical impossibility. With regards to navigating empirical facts, Muslim scholars are often comfortable with and confident of the idea that the Islamic tradition cannot contradict empirical data. This conformity between the Islamic tradition and science leans on the words of the Quran itself, which says there are no discrepancies in it, that it is the ultimate truth, and that it is not crooked in any way. Moreover, it encourages Muslims to reflect on the Quran and to explore the universe and to observe its signs as in it are signs for those who reflect. The Quran also claims to inform mankind of what they do not know, like historical stories. As such, scholars have attempted to prove the miraculous nature of the Quran through empirical facts, arguing that the Quran has alluded to facts only discovered by man centuries later. Muslim commentators continue to analyze the Quranic text in light of the scientific discoveries that are made every day. At times, these commentators have succeeded, and at times, they have failed. Classical scholars who attempted this using the opinions of scientific experts of the day soon found themselves in a conundrum, as the signs they relied on proved false. Surprisingly enough, even when empirical discoveries seemed to contradict traditionally held interpretations of the Quran, these interpretations did not seem to be in direct literal contradiction with the Quran. An example of this was the discovery that the sun, like the earth, also had its own orbit, Prior to this discovery, Muslims were confused with the verse that says, quote, It is he who created the night and the day, the sun and the moon, each swimming in an orbit. End quote. Some classical scholars interpreted this verse to indicate geocentrism, meaning that the sun was revolving around the earth, as was widely believed prior to the 18th century, before proven otherwise through the heliocentric model. Thus, Muslims revisited the verse at hand. As it turned out, the verse did not literally contradict heliocentrism, and in fact, mentions multiple orbits in line with the empirical data. In 1987, Maurice Bouquet, a French physician, published the Quran, the Bible, and Science. He attempted to show that the Quran was in complete agreement with empirical data, and that it did not contradict modern science. Rather, empirical data strengthened the validity of the Quran and showed its divine origin. The book continues to be celebrated among Muslims today, and discussions on the Quran and science remain vibrant. With the expansion of the empirical sciences and the struggles of interpreting the Quran, using them, scholars began to realize the disservice these commentaries had caused the faith of many. Scientific advancement entails change, which means the disposal and debunking of theories, with the accrual of empirical evidence. As such, although empirical facts are stable, their interpretations are not. Recognizing the dangers involved in using these changing interpretations and theories, many Twelvershees turned to a new type of hermeneutics. Attempts were made to emphasize that scientific readings of the verses of the Quran had to follow certain guidelines in order to ensure that false interpretations of the Quran would cease, and they would not fall into the same problem that they had fallen into previously. 
Ayatollah Hadi Marifat died 2007. The writer of At-Tamhid, an eight-volume corpus on Quranic sciences, elaborates on this. Quote, If ever a scientist manages by scientific means of which he is certain to explain some of the ambiguities in the clues supplied by the Quran, it might be acceptable, provided that he uses the provision perhaps and concedes that perhaps this is what the verse means. In this way, even if there is some change of theory, it would not arbitrarily affect the Quran, and we would know that the scientist's interpretation was wrong. A firm connection between a definitive religious vision and changeable scientific views cannot be established. End quote. Essentially, he contends that it is necessary to be careful when explaining the Quran through scientific theory based on empirical evidence and to express a margin of error whenever discussing it. This approach does not negate the usage of empirical evidence, in which there is no margin of error. In fact, he dedicates an entire chapter to the scientific inimitability of the Quran when discussing the miraculous nature of the Quran. His premise is that proof of the divine origin of the Quran lies in the fact that it does not contradict empirical science. He agrees that where there is certain definitive knowledge, qat'i, this information can be used to conclude a possible meaning of the Quran that is in congruence with reality. Many of these alleged conundrums have been solved by taking a second look at the Quranic text and faulting the fallible interpreter as opposed to the commonly misunderstood divine word of God. However, care should be exercised whenever engaging in this endeavor to ensure that one does not misinterpret God's word. To avoid making the same mistake myself, I have decided to begin the safest method of engaging with the divine text, that is, the possibility methodology taken by many contemporary commentators of the Quran, like Ayatollah Hadi Marifat above. Despite generally embracing scientific discovery, Muslims believe in the creation of mankind and have not been able to escape discussions surrounding the evolutionary ancestry of human beings. The discussion of the paper at hand is how prominent Twelver Shi'i scholars have grappled with this question in the 21st century, using principles in usul al-fiqh and usul al-tafsir. This paper aims to engage with a society in which empirical evidence is the only authoritative source and therefore predisposed to the dichotomizing science and faith. This approach can be problematized and critiqued, but is not our topic. This paper is also a conversation with Muslims concerned with the implications of human evolution on faith. Our goal is to explore how Twelver Shi'i scholars have dealt with the possibility of human evolutionary ancestry and how accepting it should not cause a crisis of faith, nor a complete rejection of the Quran. It will also explore empirical evidence brought forth by evolutionists. What do we know definitively about the history of the human-like creatures known as hominids that have roamed the earth? What do the empirical facts say? And what can and cannot be contested? Fourth, we will go through some of our more contentious questions, including 1. What is the timeline of Adam? 2. Was Adam the first human on earth? 3. Is it possible that Adam had parents? 4. Are we all descendants of Adam? Under each of these questions, we will go through the points of contention between the empirical evidence and what the Quran states literally. Where relevant, we will bring forth what Shi'i scholars have theorized and proposed in light of all that has been discovered. We will introduce Hadith literature where relevant and helpful, and bring forward possibly empirically sound explanations for these propositions. We will also attempt to bring forth research from contemporary scientists that are in line with the apparent meaning of the verse of the Quran. Lastly, we will point to areas that require more research and questions that remain unanswered.